You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, welcome in. Minor Talk is live. I'm Adrian Bradis. He's Sal Montes. We're joined by Angel Munoz, our producer, who's joining us here on the show. Sal Montes in the studio. UTEP rallies back. They were down 11 points at the half. They rally back and win 69-64. It was a tight one. Uh, for some, it wasn't pretty. Uh, people were frustrated in this game, especially in the first half, but the Miners rally back in the second half, propelled by uh, the likes of J- Jarrell Satterfield and what he was able to do from beyond the arc. Six three-pointers tonight. Sule Boom uh, getting that late floater to seal the deal with 22 points tonight. Uh, Jamal Bienemy, uh we don't have official stats, but unofficially, unofficially we see that uh, Jamal Bienemy had 11 points, and we'll we'll get the final total here once uh, UTEP sends us, and we can sends us the final stats, and we can break all that down. But uh, listen to this: the Roadrunners finished the first half on a 13 to two run. The Miners allowed UTSA to shoot 65 percent from the floor in the first half, and the Miners adjusted in the second half to win 69 to 64. It was a close one. I mean, UTEP was uh, pretty fortunate to come back from this one, overcoming an 11 point deficit at the end of the first half, rallying back in the second half, uh, and you got to give a lot of credit to Sule Boom uh, and Jarrell Satterfield with what they were able to do. Uh, well, first with Jarrell Satterfield lifting UTEP up with those three-pointers, and then with Sule Boom, that clutch shot at the end, uh, and those free throws, that was very important for the Miners, but uh, let's talk about it. Our telephone number is 880-5763. That's our telephone number as we get started on Miner Talk. A ton of tweets to get to already coming in at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Sal Montes, we thought that UTEP would have the opportunity to reel off five in a row. It's UTSA, it's Florida International, Florida Atlantic, teams that all combine with a Conference USA record of 2-11 going into the stretch. And I think the Miners overlooked the Roadrunners tonight. Oh, big time. And and something that that popped into my mind is um, these two teams, when you look at what... UTSA is dealing with. Um, you could kind of say the same for the Miners a couple weeks ago. I mean, you could still say the same now based on players that are missing for one reason or another. Um, but that's a team that's going to get overlooked just because going into this game, uh, I mean, aside from uh, from what I heard on, on Aaron pregame, the body language, you know, just feeling confident or overconfident the Miners were. Uh, even some of the fans and checking Twitter, they felt really good going into this game, and for good reason, you know. But let's not let's not forget the fact that teams are we're looking at UTEP in the same light a couple weeks ago. Um, in, right. You know, That's exactly with, right. When it comes to guys who are out, so it, it's not so fun when when you're on the other side. But uh, to come out with the win is a lot more special. And uh, also, Adrian, just really quickly, because I know we're gonna reel off some more numbers. But UTEP wins sixty nine to sixty four tonight, right? Right. And when I look at the at the team stats overall, just check this out. UTEP averages sixty eight point nine points per game. Round that out, comes out to sixty nine points. Average points allowed 65.3. Not too far off from the 64-point wow. mark. So as crazy as this is to say, an average game. 
Yeah, a very, very, yeah, most definitely. And uh, the, the the Miners definitely had that, uh, I guess it's like that home court momentum yeah. late in the game. Uh, when they took the lead for the first time, I mean, let's be honest, the Miners struggled three uh, three quarters of this entire game. They struggled all the way to, what, the seven-minute point, the 13-minute yeah. point when Satterfield helped the Miners on a 6-0 run alone. He hit back-to-back-to-back three-pointers for the Miners. And I just think that Jarrell Satterfield, you know, we've talked about him a lot as uh, a Las Cruces product who went to Ranger College, was recruited by Joe Golding in the offseason, joins the team, and the coaches just raved about him as being the best shooter on this team. Uh, and he's really come into his own, uh, you know, with this group. Now, with Jarrell Satterfield, it's about hitting shots on the road. That's my biggest challenge for him is, you know, take this on the road and, and show what you could do, uh, you know, with the Miners, because I think that when the Miners travel, my biggest concern with this team is their offensive production. They they just struggle offensively. You saw it in the first half tonight, and I, I don't really think it's it's all you know that complicated. I think it's making the simple shots, making the simple passes, yeah. uh, may, being more uh, I, I guess mindful of the shots that you're going to attempt. I like the fact that they worked inside out to get Satterfield active tonight, and then that even had yeah. Sule Boom hit a three pointer late in the stretch. So I, I think all of that's really important for the Miners to have success. Uh, but credit to this group. I mean, they they pulled out a win when I honestly thought it was over. Yeah. Early on, I, I think uh, they hit something like maybe their first six shots, that being UTSA. They just started out on fire. You know, a night after their best defensive performance, uh, when, when you look at a field goal percentage, I think it was somewhere around 30 to 31% that they held Old Dominion. Um, you know, you, you answer that within the first three, four minutes or so by allowing every single shot that uh, UTSA was able to put up. But but when it comes to the offense, though, I think it's aside from the ball movement um, and, and the shot selection, it's all about being in rhythm. And, and I think what we've seen before is that rhythm not really being there and them having to put up shots for the sake of uh, not getting a shot clock violation or putting it up because you're somewhat open. I, I think slowly we're starting to see this team get into more of a, of a flow on offense and take those good shots. Now the next part is, of course, to make those shots. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I like the fact that they share the ball a little bit better, uh, especially in this game. Uh, they went on a 16-4 to run to rally back. They were up as much as 10 points, 58-48 to in the second half. They really took control in the second half, uh, probably around that 10-minute mark when they took the lead. But I feel like y- you have to look at the fan base right now for UTEP. They're, they're going to go into cardiac arrest watching this group because it's a roller coaster of emotions. We have people at halftime tweeting us how upset and disappointed they are with the whole season. They just make like this overgeneralization about this team, and they think that they're they're super frustrated um, and and all these things. Yet UTEP was able to pull off the win against Old Dominion after trailing by seven in the final minute. Uh, they were able to pull out this victory despite uh, trailing by 11 at the break and I get it. UTSA came into this one extremely shorthanded. They they lost their best player who ended up leaving the program Ju Jang, uh, leaving the program to go pro. There is there are some reports out there that he's considering coming back on the team but that might not be until next year. Uh, they also were missing the likes of Jordan Ivy Curry who we, we're real big fans of on this show mm-hmm. and uh, that's that was somebody who was an all-conference USA player last year as a freshman and what with uh, those guys out plus more due to safety health and safety protocols due to injuries due to whatever UTSA only had 
eight active players tonight, and then six of those players were scholarship players. So, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to Coach Henson out with uh, the Roadrunners. They came out in this one wanting to fight. I like Joe Golding's statements after the game saying that uh, this team came into this one with pretty much nothing to lose. I'm yeah. talking about UTSA. And the Miners may have overlooked this team in the first half. And I, I think they, they kind of found their groove in the second half. But, man, I, I'm really curious to find out what's happen- what's going to happen Sunday. They, they yeah. need this win, Sal. They, hey. need a con- they need a road win against UTSA. Yeah, back-to-back wins is not enough. You want to make it three in a row and obviously you want to extend that but uh coach Golding said it best you know he's like this team came in here with nothing to lose and he expected them to come out with that kind of effort and also uh mention how uh with his uh research obviously because that's what that's what you do but um how he studied the game against Charlotte when it came to UTSA and how they made it tough for for the 49ers down the stretch and uh that's something that shows that no matter what the score may be, UTSA is going to try to find a way to to claw back in. Now, whether they have, uh, you know, the dogs necessary or if they have the uh, that energy all the way through is a whole other story. Um, but that means that it's still going to be within reach. So Sunday could be another another close contest. And I think he was saying today it was the zone uh, that they were having some trouble with. It might be they could switch it up defensively. They can go man, or or maybe they even amp up the zone even more. So yeah. I mean that remains to be seen, but. Still looking forward to another, uh, you know, mid 60 point uh, game by the winner. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Our telephone number is 880-5763. That's our telephone number. If you would like to weigh in on minor talk, remember no minor talk on Sunday. We we won't have minor talk because Aww. we will. I know, man, I'm, I'm bummed out too. Uh. We'll have the NFL playoffs. We're contractually obligated to air those. Uh, ah, forget the NFL playoffs. Forget on, them. Yeah. Who, who, who wants to hear Niners, Packers, or I don't even know who's playing that day, but who wants to hear? The who wants bu- to hear Bucks Rams that day? Right? Who who the heck wants to hear about Aaron Donald and and Tom Brady? Who are those guys? Let's get Jarrell Satterfield and Soleil Boom. We want to talk about them. Pinky tweets the show to get things started at Jaime Pinky in New Mexico. This game turned out to be what I thought, a trap game. The more I heard and read what the media was saying, the more I was afraid. Great the Miners won. Season low in turnovers by the Miners is a great sign. Let's do this streak. Hashtag Miner Talk. That's coming from Pinky on Twitter. Twitter. Also, Edward Badio tweets the show at EdBadio1. Big win for UTEP tonight. Was able to get the bus started early with gr- with a great late game defense. And he ended up saying, he ended up uh, t- actually tweeting out a picture of when he's, I guess, I guess this is a screen grab from Minor Vision, but he's wearing a Texas Western jersey. Now, there's only two ways he could have got that jersey. Number one, he won it in the raffle. So that, that could have been one way that he could have gotten this uh-huh. jersey. Number two, he made this jersey himself, but uh, I asked on social media, Edward, to to let us know how he got that jersey. I think it's pretty fire. I don't know if you've seen that one. Yeah, yet, so. I, I just see it right here. Um, another thing that I'm thinking of, and this is completely outside, I, I know inside sources, but maybe there's a, like um, – a fan club or or you know like like an alumni group who put these together as well. I have no idea, but that it should be said that's a pretty sick jersey. Yeah, man. it definitely is. I, I really like that one. Our telephone number, 880-5763. That's a telephone number. Oh, there it is. My friend that has a print shop made them. Well there you go, Sal. He, uh, he's got the connect. Uh, this coming from Yin Yang Samurai. Before this season, the team found a way to lose games like this. Keep it up, UTEP men's basketball. Uh, and that's an interesting point, Sal, because 
with this UTEP basketball team, and we've we've referenced last year countless times. If if you had a if we had a dollar every time we referenced last year's team or the previous regime, uh, it it, just, it honestly isn't really fair. Like let's yeah. be honest, but. Uh, let's let's reference them again. Let's do it again just to bring up Ying Yang Samurai's point. Before this season, this team loses these kinds of games. I yeah. completely agree because we've seen the miners when they get down when they used to get down early, they'd fold. They they'd cave in. Cash or, it or, in, yeah. You know, or, or maybe they would try to come back a little bit, make it a little respectable. They wouldn't win. They wouldn't pull it off. Yeah. And I think um that is is more so to the the mental toughness uh, that they're starting to display or that they have displayed this year. I don't want to say they're just starting to do that, but um, they, they've definitely shown that they can get these games done. And matter of fact, let, let's take it back a little bit. Maybe it was against NC um, Central. The Miners uh, got the win over them, and Coach Golding said something like, uh, you know, a week or two ago we lose that game to Riverside, right? He, yes, he, said he did something. say that. And tonight he said, um, I can't remember which game he was referencing, the Bradley game. He said, we lose this game to Bradley uh, earlier on, but this is a game where they're able to kind of, you know, weather that storm and do it. So he started, he's mentioning the differences that he's seen since then. But even in those losses, though, you can see some form of uh, mental toughness just uh, ran out of gas. And the other team able to be extremely better down the stretch. This time, it's UTEP's turn. Yeah, it really is. And I feel like for the Miners right now, uh, they, they have a chance. They have this opportunity over these next games. So we'll get into this a little bit later on in the show since we won't have a show on Sunday. Uh, but the Miners have the two Florida teams coming into town next mm-hmm. week, and I really think by uh, by me saying that you know the Miners taking on inferior opponents, maybe the lesson for tonight is UTEP will kind of play every team almost the same, or kind of play to. down to their opponents uh, when they're inferior. They play up to their opponents when they're you know coming in a little bit more talented than than the Miners. I feel like that has been a theme of this season. Just a lot of close games for the Miners, and uh, there have been those exception, those blowouts that are the exception to this. Uh, but I, I don't know. I was just really surprised. I, I thought this would be a blowout because UTSA comes in a very shorthanded. I mean, only six scholarship players again in yeah. Eight players available overall. I, I was just really uh, shocked that this one was close. Uh, I mean, I want to say so. Uh, I mean, I predicted a wild score beforehand, but at the end of the day, this is a UTEP team that is built to win those ugly games, that, that is built to play this kind of basketball. So when, when I say that they have to play these games like this, that's just their style. I, I think we've found more so of an identity, and that's ugly basketball, where they're going to make the other team um, play worse than normal if they're a good team, or the other team is going to come out and start to expose some of those weaknesses and uh, really attack to make the game closer than people expect it to be. So we, we could be looking at a lot of, you know, high 50s to low 70s games from here on out, no matter who the Miners are playing. It's just a matter of if the offense is going to wake up and uh, you know get those points that they weren't able to get before. I have a number that actually backs up what you're saying right uh-huh. there. Uh, on the defensive side, UTEP is actually among some of the best in conference, and by some metrics, they're one of the feistiest, feistiest yeah. defenses in the, in the country. I mean, the Miners are a top 100 team by Ken Palm in defensive adjusted efficiency, 
They are uh, also fourth among Conference USA scoring defenses, which that will show you right there, Sal, exactly your point. They hold opponents to scoring fewer than 66 points per game. I like that number, and I also like the number that they're fourth in steals, eight per game. Mm-hmm. They're second in the conference in their turnover margin, a plus four in terms of turnover. Those are great numbers yeah. defensively. Now, now you, you just want them to translate it on defense. Uh, yeah, uh, and I, I think really, offense. I mean, no, you're all good. And the, the thing that's really holding this team back is two things when it comes to my mind. It's being able to to take and make good shots, and then on the other side, it's getting to the free throw line and reaping the benefits of being aggressive. I mean. We still don't have the official numbers, but I believe it was like nine free throws that they may have shot today. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. It's not a lot, and it hasn't been for a stretch of maybe five or six games, and that could be concerning. I mean, yeah, they aren't getting the benefit majority of the time, but you shouldn't let that detour you from being aggressive and doing what you do best, and that is getting to the cup uh, one way or the other. And if you don't get to the cup uh, because the whistle's blown, you get to the free throw line. So they got to be more aggressive because when we look at the the other team, yeah, they're being held to these lower field goal percentages than normal, but they're making up for it by going to the free throw line and cashing in there. Yeah, and that was a that's what we saw in the Old Dominion game. Mm-hmm. The example you just gave was what we saw uh, by the Monarchs against the Miners. They just constantly tried to attack the paint and get to the uh, charity stripe. Uh, uh, going off your example of being a little bit more aggressive, I want to see Jamari Sibley more aggressive on the offensive side. Okay. He had a lot of open lanes where he could have just drove it in and drew draw some contact and then or finish a play sometimes he was mm-hmm. you know in this game being just a little too passive and I, I, I'm just you know I I, I kind of go down on some of those expectations I have on Sibley because, he, again, he's just a freshman, hasn't played a lot of games, but you want to see some development from this guy as far as just being more aggressive and attacking the hoop. 880-5763, that's our telephone number as we continue. Let's go to our, our phone lines right now. Welcome on our guy. He is Ronnie. He's joining us next on the phone lines. Ronnie, good evening, man. How's it going? Hey, it's fine. How about you? We're doing fine, Ronnie. What would you think of this one? I'm uh, not going to lie to you guys. Um, not impressed and more so concerned. I know you keep saying that you think they're going to win these next uh, three games, but I'm telling you after tonight, I can tell you equivocally, they will not. They're going to lose to one of those Florida teams. They both won tonight. FAU beat, uh, who they beat? Uh, Western Kentucky and FIU beat. Wait, Marshall. they beat Western Kentucky? Where was they I? Did. Where was I? I? I watched both those games. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's why I'm calling you. FIU got a uh, Marshall. Marshall. Yep. Seventy. Ah, some good wins right there. And they got Western next. <laughs> yeah, you can't take yeah. these games for granted. I, I get you. I hear what you're saying, Ronnie. I think um, I'm gonna tell you something. UTEP uh, basketball is gonna when it's all said and done. And Sal, you can fact check this. You're the numbers guy. They're gonna have the same issue as UTEP football. They're not gonna beat. They're not. They have not yet beaten one team that's 500 above. When the season ends, they won't have one win over a team that's 500 above. I can say that right now. They're going to be in the exact same situation you took football was. You can go fact check that right now, uh, Sal. Out of all their wins, none of those teams are 500 or better. Not a, not a single one of them. Wow, that's they, that's they've interesting. All beaten, they've all beaten inferior opponents, um, and I think tonight was a prime example of that. And I don't want to hear, oh, they pulled it out, or they would have lost this game a week ago. They would have lost this game last year because none of that matters. You're playing a team with six dudes. They don't have their leading score. They got two scholarship players in the game. We all know who those two kids were, uh, and they played their hearts out. You're on your home floor, man. I'm sorry. You gotta you gotta blow these dudes out. 
and, and, and they couldn't. Matter of fact, they didn't even grab their first lead until, what, the 11-minute mark of the uh, – Yes, yes. It, it took a long time for them to finally get a lead. It was a one-possession game. It comes down to a Sule runner, which is a 50-50 shot, right? He's dribbling left, full speed, throwing it up right. I mean, that's a that's a 50-50 shot. You know, he's, he's going to probably miss more of those if we were to do the percentage on that going forward than he would make. You know what I mean? Like, that's a very tough situation to ask your team – to be in. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you something. The zone bothered them, but here's why the zone bothered them, because I've been saying this since I've called in for this season. Forget last year. UTEP still does not do what I said they need to do. That's push the damn ball up the floor. They push the ball up the floor. You beat the zone down the court. You're not going against a set defense. For some reason, Jamal being to me, Sule Boom have to dribble it over half court before they make a pass. That is not basketball. That is not basketball. Your high-level guards are able to throw the ball 60, 70, 80 feet to initiate and ignite a break. You know why Draymond Green makes so much money and the Warriors chose him over KD? Because he can initiate offense. His IQ is off the charts. He doesn't shoot it well, doesn't score like uh, Steph and Clay, but didn't have to because he knows, you know what, let me get the ball in my hands and get it to the right guy. He's a high IQ guy. Priceless. I see what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. That is priceless in the game of basketball. And UTEP, for some reason, will not enforce their guards to throw it before they get to half court, to put pressure on the defense staff to get back, to try to go to your point to get to the free throw line. Everybody dribbles it, dribbles it, dribbles it, dribbles it, and they got to go against this tough defense. They're going against a set defense. Once again, the object of basketball is to get the easiest shot possible on offense and on defense to make your opponent take the most difficult shot. Tonight, UTEP did the opposite. They gave UTSA the easiest shots on offense, and they took the most complicated shots on offense, like come on, guys! Like Joe Golden, you're a better coach than that. And these are got these are better players than that. Like you got to sit these guys down and you got to make them have some type of accountability. Like I told you last year, JV picks up yet another tech, but he still keeps playing because there's no true backup to him. But he doesn't have any accountability. He can do whatever he wants because at the end of the day, hell, Golden threw him back in this game with two fouls in the first half because he, he just can't, he's at the point where he just doesn't have a quality player at that position to have any type of accountability. For JB, so he can do what he wants. He can be a bit of a mental, you know, loose cannon at times. But once again, when you play the Rices of the world, the Latex of the world, these gangs aren't even close, man. Those dudes are playing with real guard star power over there, and they're just going to wipe you off the court. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Ronnie. Uh, let me ask you this. If, if you think that – because I, I see what you're saying right now. UTEP has to be held to a higher standard when you're talking about them uh, c- competing in conference play. I'm coming at this with uh, the perspective of I thought they were losing this game uh, at the half, and you know I'm happy that they rallied back because I feel like that's the real UTEP team. But I, I, may, I don't know. Maybe the point of all this is UTEP just has to try to find consistency because Sometimes when they when they look good and they rally back like they did against Old Dominion, well, you feel great about this team. But when they struggle in the first half to inferior opponents like UTSA and, and barely squeeze by, then you're, you're scratching your head. So maybe the, the whole point about this is to try to find consistency uh, and, and try to get better play out of out of the you know the places that you highlighted, like like you were just mentioning. I mean, UTEP's biggest issue is habits are built in a season, good and bad. And unfortunately, all of their bad habits are are, are, are just being magnified and, and, and carrying over. For instance, Isaac Hoover misses two freaking dunks at the rim at 6'9". Like, come on, man. Yeah. Get that guy down and put Enrique 
however you say his last yeah, name. Yeah, Zarek Onyema. Yeah, he's, I hear what you're at saying. At least he's got some aggression. You know, he bodied that one kid today, so get the hell out of my way and finish the play. It was an offensive foul, but you'll live with those plays over time because statistics show you that's the type of guy up front that you're going to need to beat the superior teams in this league. And I just I just think that uh, I think right now UTEP's got the, uh, you know, Goldie doesn't have his players per se. He's, he's trying to do, you know, he's trying to make lemonade out of lemons. And, boy, it's, you know, Kevin Kalu's falling off the lineup rotation. Yeah. falling off the rotation, going to the doghouse. It's just like, okay, well, that's – I can tell you now. He's, he's saucy? White. You could, you could yeah, throw Saucy in the mix? Saucy's – he's playing White and Cardi because he's he doesn't want, when he gets to the x in March, to say, well, I didn't give you guys a chance to play, but I need you to leave. I need the scholarship. So he's giving him the chance now to play. That way, when it comes to March, to, to basically run him off and get him out of here, they can't say, well – he didn't put us in the game. So he's putting him in the game now, but he's making it known what guys he's going to free those scholarships up with. You just got to look at the big picture. And look wow. at what's, what's going on. Wow. Well, Ronnie, hey, we appreciate your phone call. We love the perspective, man, as always. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon, man. Have a great weekend, okay? Have a good weekend. You too. All right, that's Ronnie joining us on the phone lines. Sal, I feel like there are a, a good group of minor fans who think just like Ronnie and and hold this team to a high standard of winning games like this, winning games that you should win, like like we saw tonight. I mean, look at what we saw tonight. UTEP plays an inferior opponent mm-hmm. in UTSA, and uh, Ronnie's points, you know, they, they're valid. I, I hear what he's saying because I think that there are minor fans who think the same way as him. Uh, I came at this in the perspective of I didn't think they were going to win. They rallied back, and, you know, I think that's that's notable for this team, but I, I do understand that there are a good base of minor fans who hold this yeah. team accountable, and they don't find a win like this except I I understand it because, from my opinion, I think that they look at the game as make the best play. You know what I mean? Make the game as easy as possible for you. Do the little things right. And they're not doing some of the little things right and having to over, overcompensate on the areas that they're not exceeding in by having to overexceed in another area, trying to cause out that balance where you could you could basically, if you did that little thing right, you wouldn't have to make up for it on the other end. You could still give that great effort on, on another portion of the game, but the game kind of just gets away from them in, in little portions because... The other team is just beating them to the punch majority of the time. And I think that's the frustrating part, knowing how gritty this team can be, knowing how good the defense can be. But then you have to, you know, overextend uh, that energy on defense for the lack of your offense. You know what I mean? And I think that's really the frustrating part. But uh, uh, when he talks about the Florida teams, you know, kind of just grazing the, um, uh, the schedule, Florida Atlantic is number one in the East right now. And when we look at Florida International, yeah, they're one and four in conference, but this is a team who was riding an eight-game winning streak, uh, you know, after their first loss of the season, holding Georgia at 58 points. You know what I mean? After that, they reel off eight straight wins, and um, I mean, since then, you know, they kind of been back and forth here and there. But nonetheless, though, they hold Middle Tennessee to 50 points despite scoring 39, but holding a team to 50 points. You know, shows a lot for your defense. And then they answer that by defeating Marshall. So, uh, yeah, it's not going to be an easy one. And then we look at, at Florida Atlantic, back to back wins over Charlotte and Western Kentucky. 
Sal, you know, I, I have to go back on what I was saying. I, I think you, you broke it down. Um, I also think that Ronnie broke it down pretty well about just uh, just the fact that in this one, you can't overlook any opponent. If you're yeah. UTEP right now, you're first-year head coach and Joe Golding. You're a, you're a team that's just trying to instill its foundation. You can't lo- overlook anybody. And that's something that I missed on my side. I, I thought that, you know, these games, I still think they're an opportunity for UTEP to reel off uh, four straight, but I also do think when you're talking about this UTEP team, nothing's nothing you can't yeah. take anything for granted. It's, so it, it's we'll a, see. Yeah, it's a double edged sword. I mean, on one hand, you could be the team that's being overlooked going into a game. And then on the other hand, you're you're feeling yourself a little bit, you know, you're riding a little hot streak and then uh, whoever you're going up against doesn't have any conference wins. And in this case it's uh UTSA and I think that's what happened tonight. And the scary part is uh, this game could be similar the next game, no matter the outcome. I'm just talking about the, the flow of the game. Uh, and also, you're going to be on the road. You know, a team that, that came into El Paso uh, where nobody really gave them a chance and they were, you know, within an arm's reach of getting it. Now they're going to go back home with a chance to get their first conference win and, you know, hopefully turn some things around. So the Miners know that they're going up against a team with nothing to lose. And, and that right there could be uh, uh, one of the scariest situations to face for any team if you're playing a team that has nothing to lose. Yeah, UTEP also historically doesn't do great in the Convocation Center out in San Antonio. So that's that's another thing to mention. Let's go back to the phones right now. It's Joe Rod who's joining us on the hotline, breaking down the press conference, talking to us about what Joe Golding said and what uh, some of the players said following this one. Joe, really appreciate you joining us here on the show. Uh, What was the vibe like after this game uh, among the players and the coaches? Hey, thank you very much, Adrian. Yeah, um, uh, the um, media relations department here at UTEP made um, Sule Boom and um, Jorel Satterfield available to us after the post game or after the game in the post game conference. And obviously, uh, you know, they were happy with the win. Uh, Sule Boom came out and said right away that um, uh, he was aware and and that the team tonight uh, they didn't come out with with the pop and with uh, the energy that they that they needed to come out with. Something that and it was something that Coach Golding had been preaching to them in preparation leading into tonight, um, and uh, you know obviously they were very happy with with their second half performance. Um, and and I I asked them specifically. I asked both um, uh, Satterfield and and Boom, and I also asked Joe Golding if if at this point in the season with with regards to the, the situation that this team finds itself in, if a win is a win, any way you can get it, or with the situation that presented itself tonight, the team they were playing against, the depleted UTSA Roadrunners, that was shorthanded. If 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 you know, getting a thorough victory with a significant margin of victory, you know, is what you were looking for. And and uh, and uh, both of Satterfield and and Boom acknowledged the fact that a win is a win. But Boom did point out, Adrian, that he was happy with the way the team reacted in the second half and the you know the the way they were able to execute to 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 maintain the lead and, and close out the game at, at the end. Um, so that was interesting. As for the second half that uh, Satterfield had, obviously he was asked about that, Adrian, and what they talked, what he acknowledged was, you know, he just worked on, on, on finding the spot and he gave all the credit in the world to his teammates for being able to find him when he, when he got to that spot. And, and he said that he just felt things, you know, as far as him heating up and, and going on the streak, that, the, the scoring streak that he went on, he just said that it felt like if the game really just slowed down for him, and he was, uh, you know, that gave him all the confidence in the world to be able to play out, 
um, you know, all of those shots that he put away from beyond three-point range. Wow, that's really good stuff for Satterfield, and I'm happy for this guy. I mean, he's he's from uh, the – he comes out of Las Cruces, not from Las Cruces, but comes graduated high school out of there, goes to Ranger College, and then finds himself at UTEP. Now he's uh, a really integral part of this team as a shooter, so that's really good stuff there, Joe, on, on Satterfield. What did uh, what was the you know response like from Joe Golding? Is, is he just ready to turn the page, look over to Sunday, or, or what? What was his vibe like? So he opened up his press conference with it was a very uh, touching and poignant moment. Um, he, he before he he got started uh, tonight, Adrian. He he took the time to acknowledge uh, and to give a word and speak about uh, Coach Jim Forbes, um, and he wanted to make it a point about the couple of times that he's had the opportunity to 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 converse with with Coach Forbes, and uh, he just wanted to make it be known that he had never met someone. Both times that he talked to him, that he when he spoke, that he spoke with Coach Forbes uh, for an hour, both times, and that he never spoke about himself. He always spoke about Coach Haskins, his teammates, the teams that he had, and the experience he's had in, in El Paso. And and uh, Coach Goldie made a point to say that that's the number one thing he noticed about uh, Coach Forbes when he met him, and uh, that that spoke volumes about uh, what Coach Forbes. Wow. Uh, was so it was a very very touching uh, uh, moment to, to kick off the press conference and then of course he went into it right away he, he you know he gave credit uh, to UTSA he knew that they were aside from the fact that they were shorthanded he was the first one to say that he knew they were going to come out and fight and he acknowledged the fact that he was aware that they were going to throw something defensively at him uh, a, a zone a box and one a triangle and two uh, and, and which they did and luckily in the second half with. Satterfield heated up from beyond three. They were able to break up the press and once or the zone, excuse me. And once again, Adrian, I asked uh, Coach Coach Floyd if, or excuse me, uh, Coach Golding if um, if a win is a win or or with with this situation, if if uh, a larger margin of victory would have been nicer, uh, a more thorough victory for the miners would have been nicer. And he said no. He said you know a win is a win, and that's exactly what what this team needs. Um, obviously, and, and moving forward, he said that it's going to be very um, interesting for him having the experience of having to face the same team back-to-back. He said that that is something that he has, didn't experience last year uh, with, with Abilene Christian with, due to COVID. And that's another thing, uh, Adrian, that I have to add that Sule Boom talked about. Um, it's going to be interesting going back-to-back against a team that, like you guys talked about before I went on the air, um, you know, UTSA has gotten the best of UTEP here recently, pretty much in all sports. Oh yeah, and obviously UTEP basketball uh, struggles when they when they go out and play in that high school gym uh, that disguises as a as a college arena. Um, but um, you know, everyone I think on this team is 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 ready to, like you said, turn the page and and focus on whatever's to come here on a Sunday afternoon out in San Antonio. Hey Joe, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you joining us here and talking the post game, uh, the post game interviews with us. We really appreciate all you do with us, and uh, also want to mention check out Joe Rod's articles on soccer, especially FC Wadis on our on our website six hundred ESPN El Paso dot com. Joe, thanks again. Safe travels home, and uh, let's see what happens with this FC Wadis game, huh? 
All right, we'll talk to you later, man. Have a good night. Keep up the good work, boys. All right, that's Joe Rod. He wanted to get off the phone before we ruined the score for him. That that was his thing. Is I, he was like, all right, all right, but don't give me the score. Don't give me the score for <laughs> FC Wattis. So I shout out to Joe and really appreciate him uh, joining us. But hey, your thoughts, Sal? It seemed like yeah. uh, it seems like you know with Joe Golding with the players, it, it seemed like for them uh, they were a little bit happy. You know, they were really happy about this win and the, the fact they were able to bounce back in the second half. Uh, but I want to read you a couple tweets because we've got some tweets who really some people who really uh were fired up about this game and uh had some thoughts about this one so let's let me throw some tweets at you and we can react to them adrian at enemy win three tweets to show every time it looks like this team looks like it took a step forward they take two steps back hashtag minor talk then adrian follows it up by saying this you told me to hold these guys accountable come on man they barely won against the worst team in conference usa and they only brought seven hashtag minor talk um you know those are interesting things there by adrian and he's held this team accountable since day one and i don't blame him i think that you know if you're a minor fan if you want to hold this team accountable that's all you i i totally understand where you're coming from and I get it. Like, you know, after hearing from, from Ronnie, I understand the other side of the other point of view um, with this minor team. Hey, they're 10 and 8. They've won three games in conference play, but they haven't really beat a team that has a, a lot of pedigree behind them in conference play yet, up to this point yet. They've shown that they can hang with some of these teams, but they need to pull out some of these victories. And I'm curious to see if in year one, Joe Golding will get what these big victories in conference play, or if we're going to have to wait till year two to see some of those wins come in yeah in all honesty I I think it might be year two where we see kind of that next step up uh but building that foundation of uh of this style of basketball where you can you know pull out something out of you know what I think that's what they're trying to build here um but at the end of the day though we want to see these guys be held accountable I know one of the tweets said hold these guys accountable come on man well that doesn't mean you should expect nothing from these guys, I mean, you expect them to go out there and give it their all, and then you know, hopefully, come out with the win in year one. I get that, but you can't you can't sit up there and say, well, we can't expect anything from them. We we can't hold them accountable. Come on, I I don't agree with that at all. I think no matter who a team is, or no matter what team it is, you gotta hold those guys accountable one way or the other. Just because it's not going a uh, team's way doesn't mean you still can't hold them accountable. And then also be- because let's say they do start winning and you start giving them praise, okay, cool. But when they start losing, you don't want to say anything. It doesn't work like that. I mean, you, you still gotta talk about the team, win or lose. You gotta be balanced out and uh, you know talk about what was best in that game and talk about what wasn't every time. Be no matter, fair, right? Exactly. Champion at seventy three minor tweets the show. Florida inter, uh, Florida Atlantic is not the pushover everyone claims. They beat Charlotte 96-67 last week. We lost by 12 to Charlotte a week before. They're also currently leading the Eastern Conference USA. It's something that Sal said earlier on the show as well. Uh, look, I'm not when I when I said that, you know, Florida Atlantic was a team that was uh, an opportunity for the Miners to actually beat. I'm just saying it's an opportunity. I, I you know, you just look at the numbers. Uh, UTEP UTEP takes on UTSA on Sunday. Then they take on Florida International and Florida Atlantic next week at home. The home advantage is going to be uh, key for the Miners to try to steal one at home and keep uh, and keep winning at home. So th- that would be, I guess, my only thing to that. But yeah, I can't defend uh, my initial claim thinking that this would be an easy stretch. So uh, this is just an opportunity. That- that's what it is. Bottom line, yeah. opportunity for the Miners to and try you know to what? win some at home. Uh, right before that, that uh, 
or I was going to say right before that game, which was this one, but uh, right before the upcoming game against UTSA on the road, I mean, we look at this as, a, you know, kind of, a, I don't want to say a break, but where it gets a little bit easier. But that team that they go up against in the back-to-back, which, of course, is UTSA, they're going to a place where they haven't won, um, you know, in the last six years. They're, really? Yeah. The last time UTEP has won in the Convocation Center six years ago? Uh, six years ago, yeah. Wow, six straight stat. losses in uh, the Convocation Center. So, Oh, man, that's it, a great stat. Yeah, oh, this, this, man. i, I got to figure out which year it is because it, it kind of jumps up. I don't I don't know exactly which one, maybe 14 or 15. But, uh, yeah, their last six meetings in the Convocation Center have ended in losses. I, I'm doing the, the research right now. I want to say it's maybe the 15, 16, or uh, the 14 season. It, it all depends. Cause, Good number. Yeah, let, let me see here. Um, well, you look that up. I'm going to read a couple other yeah, tweets, Sal. All right, here. This is coming from Ed McDonald on the show. Actually, let's go to Joe Chacon real quick. Um, this is coming from Joe Chacon, our guy. The pregame comments by Yellen and UTEP Minor Voice threw out there made me think, oh, no, here's to jink- jinxing this team saying UTEP won't have any problems against this UTSA team being so depleted. Need to find the fire early on. Hashtag repping from Cali now. Hashtag mountain time zone soon question mark nice and you, you know what i found it okay it was uh 2015 uh january 17th of 2015 that's the last time utep won oh, in the convocation so, center not a good stat not nope, a good stat at not all. at all um back to twitter ed mcdonald tweets the show rodney's assessment may or he meant ronnie ronnie's assessment may be correct but remember utep football was very competitive Four and six. I believe correlation exists for football and basketball, and UTEP will be competitive winning in a slight majority at the end, like football, hashtag momentum. Interesting. Maybe so, but uh, I looked it up too, and Ronnie's right. They don't have a win against a team that is 500 or better. Maybe at the time, but when we look at it right now, that's that's simply not the case. Um, In conference play, right? That's uh, what you're talking about. Or uh, in just general. Overall. I mean, overall, I was looking, unless we want to count northern New Mexico and western New Mexico, but not Pacific. Um, Yeah, not New Mexico. I I didn't check uh, FAMU yet. I'll check that in a bit. Not McNeese. Not uh, NC Central. And then, of course, after that, their next win was uh, Southern Miss. I guess the closest would maybe be Old Dominion. Uh, but let yeah, me look up that's Florida right. A&M. Who no, was Florida A&M 5-11. and 5-11. Yep. Yeah, so so he's right. And when we look at the minor schedule, yeah, they, they have UTSA back-to-back and, um, you know, above Flo- uh, 500 Florida schools. But after that, Adrian, it's going to be North Texas, Rice, Marshall, La Tech. And then, th- basically their next easiest game, air quotes over here, is going to be Southern Miss on February 19th, who is sandwiched in between La Tech and UAB. Wow. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, we'll yeah. see. We'll see what the Miners can do. Hey, they've shown that they can at least hang with these teams that are, uh, quote-unquote, tougher than them. So let's see if they can pull one off. It's going to be tough. It's not an easy task at all. But let's see what they can do uh, moving forward in this next stretch. 880-5763. That's our telephone number as we continue here on Miner Talk. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Lugal's got a tweet. We'll get to that question. Joe Chacon's got a question as well. We'll get to that tweet in, in just a little bit. But let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, more phone calls, more tweets. Stay with us as Minor Talk continues. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency with seven locations across El Paso. We'll be right back after this on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk continues. I'm Adrian Bratis. He's Sal Montes. 
along with Angel Munoz, our producer on the show, who's screening calls with us on the show, picking out some songs as well. Let's keep it moving. Uh, we're talking some uh, – we're just uh, over here during the break. We were just kind of talking about who was on that 2015 team who last 14, beat – 15, yeah. Yeah, 14-15 roster who last beat UTSA on the road in the Convocation Center in San Antonio. So we're looking at the roster. Of course, <laughs> it's Omega Harris, Victor Mbachu. Love that guy. That guy was awesome to, to watch. Julian Washburn on that team. Of course, CJ Cooper. Uh, we, we really liked him. Um, Jake Flaggert. I remember I was playing pickup Dang, basketball. How about yeah. this one? I was playing pickup basketball one day, and this guy who's just kind of like grimy, like not shaved or anything, he just shows up in sweats one day, uh, white T-shirt, and everybody's like, you know, talking crap to this guy. And it's, it's lo and behold, I didn't know this at the time, it's Jake Flaggard, and he's just drilling in threes left and right uh in the game i think he was i think he has to be known as the bat the all-time greatest at least in recent memory guy who took charges i mean he was like the <laughs> ultimate guy who would just take the charge for the minors and if somebody had a stat out there of like most career charges <laughs> taken jake flagger is in the top three of utep's history i guarantee it Dang, you know what? That brings back some memories. I'm trying to think of who else may have been some uh, some good charge takers. Um, wanted to say Cedric Lang, but I, I think people kind of shied away from trying <laughs> to attack uh, the cup with him in the way. Uh, there's somebody, he's slipping my mind, Agent. I can't remember. It, it, it's slipping my mind right now. But um, I'm going to have to look at some of these rosters. I'm thinking somewhere like 17, 18 era. Okay, okay. Uh, Terry Wynn was on this team. Uh, that's a that's somebody that, that's an ultimate what if, if UTEP was able to keep Terry Wynn on the roster. Tevin Caldwell, shout out to him. He's in El Paso still. He's coaching. I believe it's at Pebble Hills. So okay. uh, big, big shout out to Tevin Caldwell. I uh, really, really like him. And he's from El Paso too. Um, Trey Touche on the team, Hooper Vint on the team, Cedric Lang, of course, you just mentioned him, Vince Hunter, one of UTEP's uh, best uh, forwards that they had during this stretch, uh, and then also Irvin Morris, who we were just talking yeah. about on the show. I was like, what happened to Irvin Morris? Like, what, what is he doing with his life right now? Well, it turns out he's actually playing pro basketball in Finland, so love that. Love that for uh, for Irvin Morris, and get this, get these numbers right now. He's 27 years old, by the way. Uh, he is six foot six, playing over He's playing professional hoops. He's averaging 15, 15 and a half points, five rebounds, four assists, one and a half steal, uh, steals as well. And he's played professionally overseas since 2017. So uh, he's he's developed a nice pro ball career, and uh, he's still doing it. So, um, yeah, big props to Irvin Morris, one of UTEP's best in 2014-2015 uh, and how, when he was here at, at UTEP. So I like those numbers. You know what, Adrian? Uh, this is bringing back some memories, but I'm looking at the rosters. Um and how about I mean back to back years with with these guys? Um, so well, I'll just reel off some of them. This is fourteen fifteen, okay? okay? Omega Harris, Julian Washburn, um, when you have Irvin Morris, Cedric Lang, Vince Hunter, right? And then we'll even throw Matt Williams in there. But how are they going to get better next year? Oh, you had Dominic Artis, you had Lee Moore, uh, you have uh, Paul Thomas as a freshman. You still have uh, Wynn, who's uh, who's improved in that portion. Still have Irvin Morris. Um, I mean, wow. Matter of fact, the the ultimate uh, what could have been in recent memory, and in, in my opinion, and that would have been uh, Josh McSwiggan or one of them. Yes, uh, McSwiggan yes. would have been uh, would have been cool to Good see name. how that panned out. But I mean, just some of these guys where um, if you put. Some 
some of these pieces of the puzzle together? Like if you could put um, pieces from one year to another year, that team could, you know, could stack up to be something even better than what they were. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to take a trip down memory lane really quickly. Last thing I'll say about the, this team that we're talking about right now, the 2014-2015 minor team that was uh, that was under head coach uh, Tim Floyd back then. They were 22-11. and They finished that season 2014-2015. 22 and 11, 13 and 5 in conference play, but then they dipped down that next year. Yeah. The one that you're talking about, 19 and 14 overall, 10 and 8 in conference play, could never find consistency uh, in league play. So, yeah, just inter- interesting to kind mm-hmm. of relive those uh, those times that it, it kind of feels like a long time ago, but really wasn't that far. And really quickly, I think that 14 15 season, they made it to. Uh, maybe the CBI or the NIT, and they lost to Murray State, who had none other than campaign. Wow, okay. Good, Played in the NBA stuff. Finals. Got high. I don't know if you guys saw him. That was from 2015, 20, uh, 2014, 14, 20. 15, yeah. Oh, wow, okay, good stuff there. Uh, let's go to the phones right now. Let's welcome on Keith. He's joining us way out in Winnipeg, out in Canada. Keith, what's going on? Good evening. Hey, that was an uh, interesting game. You know, first half uh, did not go too well. Uh, second half, totally different. Uh, I, I got to give props to Satterfield. I mean, if we oh, yeah. can get Satterfield going, I mean, that was the difference. I mean, you, the first three minutes of that second, of the second half, I, I was like, I was beyond frustrated. I mean, it was, it was like we had wide open shots, we missing layups, slam dunks. Um, Satterfield got us going. So props to him. He came to play in the second half. My biggest issue with this team is that when we play in big games against the top competition. Statistically, it's like one or two players doing it all. We have to, if we're going to win, we are going to need at least three guys scoring double-doubles and the other two guys doing their job. We can't just expect one player to do it all, uh, the enemy or even Satterfield. We have to have a full team effort. And if we do that, that will be the difference between losing by 12 or 13 points against Louisiana Tech or UAB and winning because this team is still young. Coach Golden is doing a, a really good job, but we just have this one problem, and the problem is we're just not performing with a full out lineup consistently. And once we do that, this team will be legit. And I'm 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 impressed because that way that we performed in the second half and the the second half of the second half that that that's that's UTEP basketball, and yeah. I and exciting as heck. Keith, let me ask you this. Um, would you do you think they have the players to to be at the standard that you're you're saying right now or do you think they need new players? They have the players just experience. They have a lot of young players. Don't forget this freshmen, sophomores. We're not going to be losing any of these these, these young guys, you know, to the pros next year. That's, that's the good thing about our situation. Um, we're, I mean, this is not five seniors. These are young players and so it's it's a simple a simple answer is heck yeah, and I think if you ask that same question to Goldis, I bet you he would answer honestly. He would say that's one of the things that we have going for us compared to all the other uh, teams. This is I, mean, I I do believe that we're very well coached. I believe we have the roster. I, I mean it's it's proven that he knows how to bring in players. I mean Jarrell Satterfield is a legitimate threat. He he like he like that that's game today. Like what we saw that he he can shoot the ball. I heard what Coach says. He's got to work on the defensive side. Absolutely, uh, he's got to he's got to work both sides. But 
I mean, where are you like, where are you going to find shooters like that? I don't care what team you are. I mean, that guy could shoot. Now, just imagine if we have that shooting ability with two or three other players doing their jobs. And if we need a big man, I mean, I think that's one of the big things is we need a consistent big man who can rebound, and we need some depth. And I believe that that's just experience. It's okay. Experience that we had. It's it's a young team, guys. And I think you know I know I understand the situation that we're in with the world today. But that that uh, Don Haskins Center has got to be packed eventually because I think this this program is on the both football and basketball programs. Guys are on the up and up. Okay. Yeah, I get you, Keith. Hey, appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks so much for listening to us way out in Winnipeg, and uh, have a good night. We really appreciate your phone call. Have a great night. Go Miners. All right, it's Keith joining us on the phone lines. I want to touch on two things that he brought yeah. up. Number one, uh, more dimensions to the to the complement of the players and not making it so, I, I don't know, it's not fair to say one dimension, but uh, not making it so it's just one scorer or a couple scorers who are just doing everything for you. I mean, tonight it's Sule with 22, it's Satterfield with 18. Uh, I, you know, unofficially we still don't have the final stats from UTEP yet, but I, I will say that I totally 100% agree. UTEP just needs to try to find a, uh, a kind of a complete game from all of its all of its players its supporting cast its role players all of that they need it, it they're 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 at their best when multiple guys are scoring it's it's no secret yeah. that's what we saw no against old Dominion that you saw uh several guys score eight points and then you saw Sule with 28 and uh and you know Jamal Bienemy scoring double figures as well but uh going to his other point about not losing guys and in talking about some of the younger players y'all reel off some some players for you Sal okay so you've got uh, on this team Keontae Kennedy redshirt sophomore you have uh you have uh, Jamari Sibley, freshman. Alfred Hollins, he is a senior. Of course, uh, Titus Verhoeven and Sule Boom are redshirt juniors, so they're getting a little older. Zarek Onyema, freshman. Kevin Kalu, or Kalu, I should say, freshman. Jarrell Satterfield, sophomore. Jamal Bienemy, junior. So you yeah. still have some some talent that is uh, a little younger on this team, but what have we said before, Sal? You can't take anything uh, yeah. for granted as far as keeping the same roster next year. You saw how many players left after uh, Rodney Terry left the program and and uh, the players who ended up in the transfer portal, which, hey, you know, all all power to them. They're allowed to do that as one-time transfers. Do what you gotta do. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that that's just the reality of college basketball like we're living in. Uh, Ronnie brought it up. Hey, if you have certain players who are playing over other players – you might see some of those players who are not getting those minutes enter the portal. You never know. The thing is, is you, I can sit here and make predictions all day on who's going to go into the portal and who's not, but it's all irrelevant. We won't know until the end of the season when everything is kind of shaken up and, and we can finally see what this team uh, ends up with as far as their talent. And, hey, maybe some of the coaches, they have they have their own uh, you know idea of who could be on this team next year and yeah. who might not. But I, we just don't know. That's, that's a simple thing right there. If you're going to go on here and say, well, they're going to lose everybody, I'm not going to, I don't agree with you. But if you're going to come on here and say, well, they're not going to lose anybody next year, I won't agree with that either. I think it falls in between somewhere. Yeah. And also, too, when it comes to uh, the transfer portal and transfers in general, I mean, we look at uh, we look at this UTEP roster and tell me if they're a transfer from a Division One college or not, Adrian. Sule Boom. Yes. Titus Verhoeven. Yes. Christian Agnew. Yes. Keontae Kennedy. Yes. How about Jamari Sibley? No. No? No. All right. So we also have uh, Alfred Hollins. Yes. All right. So I do see here, let's see, Jamari Sibley went to Oak Hill Academy and 
Yeah, he played at Georgetown. Uh, Jamari Sibley. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you? I thought you said Jarrell Satterfield. Oh my, no. My head. My, but I'm sorry. He's still a transfer yes, though. Uh, yes. But Jamari Sibley. Yes. Yeah. Georgetown. And then, and then Jarrell Satterfield. No, he's the only one who's making a big impact. But but either way though, when, when even uh, with uh, Jarrell Satterfield, looking at another guy who's a transfer, and also I didn't even uh, mention this guy as well, but Giles. He's also a, a Division One transfer. So we can hate the transfer portal and transfers all we want, but at the end of the day, we're looking at the best players on this minors team and your top three best players are division one transfers as well who decided that utep was the next best step for them so good point. take it how you will okay that's a good point right there uh lugal tweets the show did zarek onyema get hurt why didn't he play in the second half uh answer is yes on that one play where he was called uh, and I, I don't know how how uh how big his injury was i maybe they're just maybe they just kept him out uh for pre- precautionary reasons maybe not maybe it was the fit or the lineup uh that they saw but point is after that dunk that zarek onyema had when he was called for the offensive foul and he went to the to the bench he was limping a little bit and yeah we didn't see any more of Zarek uh, for the rest of the game so uh, yeah I feel I feel for him I hope that he is back in the mix because this is somebody who's really given UTEP a lot of juice you you really can't sleep on Zarek Onyema at all uh, we talked earlier about Kevin Kalu's minutes really diminishing along with Bonky Maring well who stepped in place it's Zarek Onyema who's really done a nice job I, I, I like what the San Antonio product who lived in El Paso for uh, a good majority of his uh, childhood has done for this team and in 59 minutes off the bench going into this game, he's totaled 14 points, 13 rebounds, six blocks, and two steals. So he really want he he has a lot of energy to him. And the miners will. It's weird how we're speaking today, Sal, on January 20th, and talking about Zarek Onyema as an as a uh, let's let's just call yeah. it what it is a key member off the bench. He really has turned into that 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 kind of guy. And you know what? Over this recent stretch of maybe five or six games, correct me if I'm wrong, but when he stepped on the floor, was there an instant spark of energy? Yes. You know yes. what I mean. He steps on the floor and he becomes the second minor to score next to Sule Boom. You know what I mean? Yep. In, in in the midst of where UTSA was reeling off for, uh, I think their first six shots. You know, Zurich and Yama comes in the game. You know, gets that uh, gets that bucket. Crowd starts to get back into it. Oh well, UTSA is trying to extend their run. Um, I, I think him not being in the rest of the game definitely hurt. Definitely want to see him. Uh, you know, get back and uh, hope he's healthy 100 percent sooner than later. And also that he's just feeling well. Uh, you know, at the same time, not not just health wise, but able to be ready to get back into basketball shape when the time comes. However, uh, this is a guy who's definitely making an impact. So uh, they're looking for that answer and a big man to provide that spark and, and get the crowd pumped and, you know, give the team momentum. He can be that guy. Uh, this is coming from Adrian at Enemy Win 3. Who's the guy, Ronnie? Let, let let's hire him as head coach. He always has he's always spot on on his analysis. Hashtag minor talk. Ronnie knows what he's talking about. He's uh he's definitely somebody who's well connected, well plugged in. So if he's uh, at the game, is it at the dawn with Ron? Oh, I like that. <laughs> hey, maybe when he finally comes to visit us, uh, he we could do that. Let's uh, <laughs> we can invite him in the studio. We can yeah. do that. Uh, let's go back to the phones right now. Let's welcome on Esteban, who's become a regular on Minor Talk and had a hilarious phone call with us uh, <laughs> last week. Esteban, we we can't you we can't have the bad words in this in this phone call today because <laughs> did I miss that? <laughs> yeah, I think you probably did, oh, man. but but it was yeah. awesome. But uh, Esteban, he, he's the man, and he's joining us on the phone lines right now. Esteban, what's going on, man? What'd you think of this game? Sure, you can't you can't bleep. 
You know, I wish. I wish we could bleep. I've got like a dumb button next to me. I I could I could hit that. I don't really want to. It just makes us do a lot more work. So yeah. Yeah. You know what, sir? Um, I just want to say I was listening to the gentleman they call from Canada. Yes, Keith. Uh-huh. And I go, wow, damn, that guy knows his basketball. Cause I'm a I'm a, I'm a basketball novice. I really don't know a lot of it. But um, what I wanted to ask you is. Like, the women were playing in San Antonio. So let's say me and my wife want to go meet them at the airport. How do we know what flight they're on or what time they get here? You know, that's an interesting question. So we can shoot them on. Yeah, it's an interesting yeah. question. I, I've I've heard of things, Esteban, in, in in years past where they'll do send offs for the women's basketball team, send offs for the men's basketball team. Uh, you can you can ask for flight information. I've heard of things like that before, or where they make it uh, more publicized. I, I just don't know if it's as publicized now. Yeah, because I've seen it before where we were waiting for a flight and then they were coming in and everybody was clapping. You know. It was like saying, I would love to go there and, you know, like welcome him home. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I, I understand what you're saying. I think I think they would be really appreciative of that, too. Uh, they, they're they always appreciative of the yeah. fans they get. I wish I, – I'll try to find more more uh, info on that. I, but I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't have any info on that on my end. I would appreciate it if you can find that out because I would love it. I would love to go to the airport. Me and my wife would like – she says, they're going to the airport and, and clap when they get off the – you know, so, yeah. Anyway, nice. That, man, that guy from Canada, damn, this guy knows his basketball. Esteban, what do you think of this game? Did you are you are you satisfied with the win, or are you a little disappointed they struggled? Oh yeah, anyone anyone is. I mean, well, you know, they were they had what eight players. Yeah, exactly. The win. Okay. You know, so anyway, yes, sir. All right, hey. Thank you. We really appreciate it, Esteban. You take care, man. Great to hear from you. Uh, and give us a call uh, next time. 880-5763. That's our telephone number as we continue. Westside Drew is next. He joins us on the phone lines as we continue here on Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Arietta Agency with seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens. You can check them out online, oscaradiattheagency.com. Westside Drew, how are you? Pretty good yourself. Doing fine, doing fine. What did you think of this game? You know, I did. Uh, obviously, I'm not the happiest with uh, how they started the game. I think uh, that's uh, something we need to get better at: starting games, uh, making shots. But I, I do think that that's uh, reflected of the roster. I mean, uh, we uh, if we go back, we essentially have uh, obviously with Satterfield, we did great. He is another shooter that uh, complements everybody else. And now that they're finding him, like uh, Golden said earlier, but I do feel like we don't have the best shooters. We didn't have it last year. Uh, Suli, I think he's a high-volume shooter. He's one of those guys that he really needs to start getting it going, like a microwave, I guess they say, uh, get it going before he actually gets his shot down. Sure. But, uh, the, reality, the reality is we just don't have that roster yet. I, I said it last time I came on a couple weeks ago is that, you know, we were picked preseason to be 10. I think we put a lot of expectations, and sure, I mean, I'm one of those guys. I want them to do great, um, but I think we put the expectations too high. Um, again, any team uh, has a puncher's chance any game. Sure, we should have blew them out. I do agree with that. But at the same time, it doesn't surprise me that we didn't. Whenever we've not shot the ball well, I kept on looking uh, tonight, looking up, and you know our, our percentage was low. I think it benefited us that they did miss a lot of free throws. I think they shot something like 50%. Yeah, they were awful. Line. Yeah. Definitely helped us. Uh, we were, uh, I think, about 89% or something a little bit later. Got a little better after that. But, uh, 
yeah, nonetheless, I, I, I do agree. I, I feel like, um, you know, we just don't have the best uh, shooting team right now. So I think within a couple of years, it's a new coaching staff. We know that as well. Uh, they're going to get better. They're going to get their guys. I believe Cox is a great, uh, uh, a big man uh, uh, type of coach. You can see that with Uniema. Uh, um, yes. Tariq. I mean, this year he's actually moving his feet. I think that's always been his problem, why he can't get off the bench, because defensively he struggles to move his feet. But he's looking good. So I, I, I believe in the coaching staff. I think we all should uh, at least give him a chance, right? Uh, I think we're getting a little too quick with what we're, uh, you know, expecting from this team in a first year. And, uh, again, they are young, just like uh, the previous Calder uh, talked about as well. So. Westside, Drew, do you think they win the next three games? Or how, how do you think the Miners fare? They've got uh, UTSA Sunday and then Florida Atlantic and Florida International next week at home. Uh, those Florida teams, we've struggled, uh, whether we go over there, definitely when we go over there, right? But uh, when they come over here as well, I think we split the series with them. Uh, I don't know which one. I mean, we'll pick one and say, you know, Florida Atlantic maybe, but I, I think that'll be the tougher one. But um, nonetheless, I think we split those, and I think we we should be able to win. I, I just feel like they're going to, again, they got to come out and shoot, make the uh, the balls. Um, obviously, Satterfield, he shot well today. The enemy didn't have as many points, uh, but he did shoot the ball well uh, at the end of the first quarter as well, or first half, uh, so that helped us. And then, boom, I mean, again, you just got to get a lot of shots up and, Let's get them to the free throw line because it's uh, obviously working as of late. Okay. Great job, Westside Drew. We appreciate your phone call, man. Take care and have a good evening. Thank you. All right, that's Westside Drew joining us on the phone lines. Uh, I want to touch on two things that he brought up, starting off slow and uh, the shooting aspect. Um, yeah, we've seen it. When the Miners yeah. start off slow, it, it really, really messes with their momentum. Uh, I saw, We saw it in the Charlotte game, and I think that was that frustrated a lot of fans, uh, and, and I understand that. Not being a good shooting team right now, yeah, you're relying on Satterfield. You're relying on a high-volume shooter like Sule Boom and uh, having Jamal Biennemi try to find a hot shooter or, or try Try to get guys involved. And, you know, this all does go back to what he said to kind of close things out. Maybe some of the fan base is expecting a little too much from this team in year one, and maybe the expectation should be, hey, this team is going to try to give it their all, try to lay the foundations, and next year is the year. But we all know this, uh, just being on this show, that's not enough for some minor fans. They they don't, they don't want better shooting. They want to hold this team accountable to start off hot and, and be better, and they also uh, expect a winner year after year. So it, it's interesting. There is a eh, it's a little divide between um, the the fan base as far as where this team really is, where people think it could go, yeah. and, you know what they think of it right now. I, I think it's perfect how you said it right there, where this team is and where you think they can go. Because if you ask ten different minor fans, I think you'll probably get ten different answers. Uh, but majority of them who understand the tradition that is UTEP basketball, they're not going to be happy with a win like this. But when you ask those who are trying to get into it or a newer basketball fan, so to speak, or newer minor fans, um, you know, you get any win that you can get. And then somewhere in the middle, they're going to they're gonna be, hey, we support our minors no matter what, win or lose. But um, as far as having expectations for this team, I still think expectations are valid because at the end of the day, you see flashes of what this team can be. You see the potential there. So when they don't live up to that, it can be definitely frustrating. But I also want to touch on another point you made right now, the um, 
the slow starts. Uh, we'll, we can even throw the game against uh, UAB in there yes, and, and the game against example. La Tech. I mean, this is a game. Uh, let's see which one this one is. La Tech, Miners are down 30 to 12. We look at the game against UAB. It was 29 to 12 wow. <laughs> at one point. So to dig yourselves out of a hole like that is hard in the first place. And then obviously when you're going up against top uh, competition in the league, it's going to be even tougher. So it's not going to get any easier uh, when the Miners are going up against some of these tougher teams in the league but at the same time you could have some of those guys with you that you may not have had at that point I mean this roster or this lineup rather is is different you know game in and game out that's still no excuse but when you're trying to build that chemistry build that consistency uh, not having the same pieces there definitely plays a part Uh, but it's nice to see them pull out some wins uh, in this case at least in this stretch yeah I hear you Sal I think that's a that's a good breakdown Uh, let's take a timeout right now we're long overdue for a timeout when we come back we're going to kind of wrap things up there's a lot of storylines that I want to bring up on the show so uh, we still have a a while left here on minor talk but if you'd like to get in now is the time to do it 888 That's our telephone number. We also have some awards to give out on the show. Our hot hand of the game brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso and our player of the game. Thanks to Keith Southwest. We're going to take a time out right now. When we come back, phone calls and tweets. Stay with us as Minor Talk continues, presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Final segment here on Minor Talk. 880-5763, that's our telephone number. If you'd like to duck in a late call, now's the time to do it. Adrian Bradis here along with Sal Montes and Angel Munoz. Want to give the UTEP women's basketball team a big shout-out. They won 69-52 on the road against UTSA, bouncing back after losing Monday against uh, Southern Miss. Destiny Thurman had 12 points. Avery Krause uh, chipped in with 10, and uh, Mari Petrie also had 10 points for the Miners uh, tonight. Katia Gallegos in this one, 6 points, uh, 3 turnovers, 1 assist, 2 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block, filling up the stat sheet as well, Uh, and the Miners uh, get a win under their belt. Uh, Let's see what they can do this weekend as well as they uh, they take on the Roadrunners for another home-and-home, but uh, great quality win for the Miners as they they, uh, bounce back after that loss to Southern Miss. Yeah, definitely, and uh, to come back home, you know, after a win is always special. This is a team that I think is on the brink of uh, being one of the uh, the top four, top five teams in the league. Uh, but when you drop, you know, games to Southern Miss and you know some of the tougher games in Conference USA, it, it makes it tough to really be up there near the top. However, they have the ability to be there, Adrian, and they're still not playing their best basketball yet, despite having some of the best uh, defensive performances, getting hot from beyond the arc. That's just a glimpse of who this team can be so I really really think this team is going to start gelling um, you know late February early March when it really matters and they can find themselves near that that top four uh, overall for a seeding. I'll tell you this Sal I like how you mentioned that hey maybe they've gone through a little adversity and, yeah. and they have it's it's been uh, uh, problems that has uh, that have come up off the, the court with uh, that's pretty much a, a like it's pretty much coming from COVID and yeah it, it's the health and safety protocols that this team faced and all those uh those roadblocks that they that they hit uh and now the miners are just trying to find some consistency with their own lineup and we'll see what they could do but they're going to be a scary team in con yeah. in the conference 
tournament. I'll tell you that. They end up being a four seed or like a five seed. They're going to be the deadliest team who's uh, ranked that low. And and you know what? I like how you mentioned consistency because we've seen a number of games being postponed for this team. So just to – I mean, for any team this can be said, but uh, we're talking about the women's basketball team right here. So uh, to to be able to go out there on the court is a blessing in its own right. And and, uh, just to build that consistency is something that they really need. Slowly but surely it's getting there. And also, how could you count out Coach Baker? Yeah, I'm with you on that one right there, Sal. Uh, we also want to um, uh, let's go on a serious note. Uh, give a uh, a lot of thoughts and prayers from all of us here at 600 ESPN El Paso and Town Square Media for Andrews head coach Jim Forbes, UTEP legend. Uh, he was a head coach at Riverside who helped lead uh, his team to the Final Four in the Texas State uh, ch- uh, Basketball uh, Championships. And uh, Jim Forbes means so much to this El Paso community so much uh, and I can't emphasize how many lives he's touched in the sport of basketball or not in the sport of basketball uh, you heard comments from head coach Joe Golding today with uh, voice of the minors John Teicher talk about how much appreciation Golding has for Jim Forbes and just want to give a, a huge huge uh, uh, you know we're, we're sending all our thoughts and prayers to him and you know if you're out there right now and, and you remember Jim Forbes as a player you knew him as a coach you just knew him as an El Paso and whatever it may be uh pray for him tonight think about him tonight he's he's struggling and uh he needs all the the thoughts and the prayers and he needs a miracle coming his way and his family they held a prayer vigil today out at providence east uh there were uh, the andrews basketball team out there as well and uh it's been a tough time for uh the andrews basketball community for jim forbes his family so wishing everybody out there all my best and yeah i I just i'm praying for a miracle right here with head coach jim forbes yeah definitely uh with Andrus, everybody knows what he means to uh, to the Eagles and also uh, uh, Riverside as well. A guy who's played a big, big part not only on the north side but south side of El Paso. I mean, it extends beyond that, of course. Uh, but but when we talk about um, you know schools in El Paso to go directly from south to north, literally an impact both from the bottom to the top, uh, is kind of just uh, represents his true character. You know having those uh, those beginnings uh, relating to the people of El Paso and then building up you know what not only was his uh, professional career as uh, you know as a teacher history teacher out there but also a coach and uh, being that mentor for everybody at every school that he's been to not just the staff members obviously the students every uh, everybody who he's met you know they, they have so many great things to say about him so not enough kind words can can really do it justice but definitely right. sending in on our best yeah I, I, I totally agree with you there, uh, Sal, and uh, we'll we'll just monitor the news with uh, head coach Jim Forbes moving forward, and hoping all the best for him and his family. Uh, Shea Evans was on the bench today for the minors, San Diego State transfer wing. At this point, I'm not sure whether or not he's going to play with the minors this year, or if they'll save him for the fall of 2022 and just have a, uh, not waste his eligibility. Uh, this guy, he has the size, he has uh, the excitement about being around the team. He's practicing with the group as well. Can't wait to go to practice uh, to maybe tomorrow or next week and just see how he's uh, gelled with this team moving forward. He needs to get his conditioning up. Uh, I just want to say there's just not much to report on Shea Evans thus far. Uh, we haven't heard about his eligibility status. We don't know when the NCAA will let uh, UTEP know on his eligibility status this year and uh, we'll, we'll end up seeing what happens with Shea Evans. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what they decide to do with him on this team. Uh, Want to go to another storyline today? 
Keontae Kennedy's injury. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me, is he out for the year? Is he is he done? Is this over for Keontae Kennedy this season? And will we just see him as a junior next year? Uh, and my best answer is, I, and I, I try to do my best as far as asking the right questions for this, I was told that that four- to six-week timeline that we heard when he initially got injured is still there. But they're just going to have to wait and see. It's going to be kind of a week-to-week approach. They're not counting out anything, and uh, we'll, we'll just see what happens with Keontae Kennedy. He's still in a walking boot. He's still in a scooter right now. Um, you know, it's not just about getting healthy with, with whatever injury he's dealing with, if, if it's an ankle, if it's a foot injury, whatever it may be. It's also about getting back to, to shape, basketball, basketball shape. shape. Yep. And it's tough because when you're out for as long as Keontae's been out, you can't just say one day to the next, oh, I'm ready, I'm ready to go back in. No, it's about getting the conditioning right, working out with the team, uh, fi- uh, finding your fit with the group uh, and, and getting back with this team. And that's UTEP's best player right there. Jamal Bienemy has taken the crown, I think, as, uh, as the Miners' best player overall, just like you know, t- complete player. Mm-hmm. But some people would argue and say, no, it's still Keontae, it's still him, and, and maybe it is when he returns with this team. Uh, maybe some would argue it's Sule Boom, and some would maybe even think that this team doesn't have a necessarily standout player, but you know they just have a couple guys who get hot each game. But point is, uh, I don't know whether or not UTEP will get Keontae Kennedy. Sal, I'll tell you this, if they get Keontae Kennedy at 90%, 85%, 80% for the conference tournament, it's going to be a tough team to beat. Definitely, especially when he plays such a big part on defense. You know, a a, a guy who can be everywhere, guy who's not only going to force a missed shot, but probably get the rebound and then run in transition. That right there is a really, really big bright spot. Now, finishing uh, is another thing. I think this team has really lacked in that all season. Uh, Just just not really that uh, as good as they can be. Let me rephrase that. They're not as good as they can be when it comes to scoring in transition. Um, But we've seen that they're starting to get a little bit better in that department. But when you have a guy who is uh, responsible for majority of those um, transition, uh, I guess, opportunities. Um, you, you want him out there on the floor, but of course, the number one thing is is him being healthy and getting back into shape. So that is number one. If he is available, uh, or, or if how could I say this? If the opportunity to play is there, um, at what expense uh, will it be? You yeah, know what I mean? That's and, a good point. And also, where is the team going to be at? Would, would it even be worth uh, bringing him in? I, kind of the kind of the same sentiments when we were talking about uh, Shea Evans. You know, if that eligibility does happen, I mean, I, I still don't know what's going on there. It's kind of leaning like it might not happen. Um, but would it even be worth it to bring him back? Or let's say they are rolling and, and they can use um, an extra body who happens to be your best overall player. We're talking about Keontae Kennedy now. This is a guy who, um, you know, who could definitely help out. So it, it kind of just depends. You know, we don't know what's going on. And uh, I think the team is still monitoring that day to day. But first and foremost, you just want him to get healthy overall. Okay, so we need we, we talk uniforms all the time. We're, we're moving yeah. on to our next storyline, which is uniforms. We talk uniforms a lot on this show. Uh, I think it's fun for some fans because they always like to talk about the their favorite uniforms, the best uniforms in UTEP history. They always say how UTEP should always be using that Texas Western uniform, whatever it may be. Uh, I threw out I threw out the tweet tonight. Are you buying or selling these gray? 
Ray Minetto's jerseys for UTEP. And I just tweeted out a picture of them. Uh, very, very, uh, you, you know, kind of basic uniforms. They just have the Minettos and they have the number. They have the Nike swoosh and then this gray color uh, that UTEP has has kind of turned in uh, into wearing. So I asked on Twitter, buy or sell on these. I need to ask the brain trust in both Angel Munoz and Sal Montes about this. But let's read some tweets on this. Leo underscore minor fan tweets us, sell them. Alex at the Sun King, he shrugs. Uh, Jeremy Caranco, our guy, selling hard. Bradley at the Bradywood uh, tweets us an emoji of a trash can. Uh, Jonathan Byers <laughs> says, selling. Uh, yeah. Felipe Candelaria Jr. says, I hate any jersey that has gray in it. I love the bright orange ones with the vibrant blue. I don't like these at all. Michael G. says, selling. Jam at UTEP Steeler says, definitely selling, no bueno. Uh, the response wasn't good. Angel, I'll throw it to you first, then you, Sal. Uh, what you th- What'd you guys think of this? Uh, well, I would have definitely be selling. Nah, That's you're not a my, fan. I'm, so, so I'm tell me, is fan. it the gray? Is it the gray that you're not a fan? Well, you not like the, the font? The, the thing for me is like I, I I get it because it's like a retro-ish kind of style, you know. That it's 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 old, you know. It's got the the white, the the orange on the white, but I mean. On like a modern day like court, I don't I don't think it works. And I mean, it it, it is funny because I recognize the font that they're using really? with Mineros. It's 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 funny because what I, I font to, is it? I I, don't, I I think it's called Barbados because wow. I, I used to use uh I used Look to use that Angel. that font. He's the man. Um, I used I used to do that font uh, a lot when I was in high school. When I I used to uh, put together like the tickets. Okay. Like when when I was uh you know doing a bunch of stuff, graphic design, things like that. And uh I mean it it looks all right, but I mean if it were me, uh, there there I would go with the dark blue. Okay. That's 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 it for me. And, and it and I know that they used uh, that kind of style like in a game like I don't know, it was, must have been like a week, two weeks ago. Yes. And I really liked that and I pointed pointed that out and we were talking about that. Okay, so you're a fan of the blue ones. You've been you've been true to that. Sal, what did you think of these? Uh, you know what? Yeah, uh, I kind of wanted to to like these just so I could be different, but I got to be true to myself, man. These jerseys are absolutely ugly. I, I don't <laughs> like the gray at all. These jerseys are terrible, and they have kind of like this oh, Western man. cowboy style font. You know what I mean? But and, they're Noche de Latino night, huh? Yeah, well, honor... <laughs> Honor Hispanic heritage with some better jerseys. I'm serious, <laughs> man. These are terrible. Oh, oh my no. gosh. These are, and I think that goes for any great jersey at any level. I'm just not a fan of them. I'm a Detroit Lions fan, so you could bash me for saying that in its own right, but I don't like the great jerseys that they have either. I just don't get it. It's, it's tough, especially when when I'm looking at these as well, and even the number. Uh, I, I guess the number is pretty nice, but it's kind of bland. And, and the splash that you're throwing on there is the font that says Minettos. I, I don't mind the Minettos, but I, I'm not a big fan of the font. It, it really does give out that that Western Billy the Kid style vibes to me. It's like, are we watching UTEP basketball or are we watching Young Guns? I, I need to know. <laughs> I'm just not a big fan of these jerseys. Now the blue jerseys that he was talking about, I think we were. Speaking about this a couple weeks ago in the studio uh, when we were running the game, and I really, really liked that uh, that blue, uh, that, that dark blue with uh, the orange font and then the white outline. And if the orange uh, or if the font 
says UTEP or Miners, that is perfect. You, you know what I mean? But but as far as uh, this jersey itself, this combo, I just can't rock with it, man, at all. Matter of fact, okay, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but with the football team, when they had those great jerseys back when Aaron Jones was playing, you know which yes, one? Yes, I know. And it had, like, the exactly blue sleeves. First of all, I hate having the sleeves a different color. It, I hate Oklahoma's and Michigan State's jerseys sometimes. It's just ugly. But that jersey was just not appealing at all. I'm sorry. I man. know what I, you're talking about. I can't about. get with it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm going to zag on all. No, I'm just kidding. I can't. I can't. I'm sorry, guys. I just can't. I can't zag. I just, I'm not a fan. Um, and I and we're all in the majority. I, it just doesn't seem like many people like this one uh, at, at all. Um, let's go to Twitter. Let's go back there. Uh, we got still a couple more storylines I want to bring up to you guys. Uh, what This is coming from Joe Chacon. What was the attendance? Are they still near the top of Conference USA? Also, is it me, or does it seem like the minors don't practice much at the dawn? You'd think that all these guys would be hitting the shots left and right there, uh, there it being their court hashtag Brock is training the next OG Zane. <laughs> what? I love Joe Chacon's uh, hashtag. Go. I owe Joe Chacon some uh, tamales from Lupita's, so he's got to <laughs> he's got to hit me up in my DMs. We're still in line. We're doing minor talk at the line right now. Exactly. Uh, we don't. First off, with your question, we don't know the attendance because we still don't have a final box score from this game tonight. Uh, are they still near the top of Conference USA? Yes, that is true. And the miners uh, practice primarily. Actually, you know, they kind of split it. Sometimes they go they go. So like 50-50 in the Don Haskins Center and then Foster Stevens. But interesting point you bring up. Uh, I think it's also about facility usage and, you know, the different conferences uh, – conferences different concerts they have at the uh, special event center that's uh that's why you know sometimes the haskins center is is uh closed for practice and they're not able to but uh yeah it, it's interesting you bring that up uh this coming from mr e at edward r eight five eight nine two five zero three jarrell satterfield is a straight up monster this kid could shoot that rock the team will win the next three games six and three minor mania in eptx hashtag fill the stands at 600 ESPN El Paso. Bryce Chauvin tweeted the show, got us beat, got to start better Sunday. Uh, and that's all on Twitter. A couple other storylines I want to get to, guys. Uh, football team honor today. You just mentioned the football team. How about the fact that they were there today and uh, received a nice o- ovation from uh, the stands and, and everybody in attendance. So football team was honored today after their bowl win. And, uh, yeah, that's the, that's a, a brief talk in football for UTEP as they were honored today. Uh, one other thing I want to bring up to you, Sal, is man, those conference USA refs. I I don't, you know me, I don't like to <laughs> to hit officiating, but man, they were on one tonight. They were just, they were like, uh, they, I, I've started like trying to piece the faces together, and and now I know this one, this one guy who's just got jet black hair, and and you know when he comes into the Haskins Center, he's just gonna call some baloney. D- does he also use gel in his hair too? Yes. He oh, does. what a jerk! So that means that the bad ref is sticking. You know what I mean? This is a good. I don't know. I don't even know this guy. But uh, I'll say this about the officiating: it is terrible, but at least it's consistent across the true, league. True, so. true. You see it all across conference. I mean, yeah. at, at least they're fair by being unfair to everybody. That's right. That's that's exactly right. Uh, Sal, let's get to some awards. Let's wrap yeah. up the show here. Uh, we we have some. Uh, we have two awards to hand out. First off is the Hot Hand Award. Thanks to our great friends at Keith Southwest. Our second award uh, tonight 
tonight that we will hand out is um, is uh, our player of the game, of course, and that's brought to you by Keith Southwest. Uh, let Sal, we we have some good candidates. Sule Boom with a uh, game high twenty two points. Uh, you had Jarrell Satterfield and how he went off tonight. You have Jamal Bienemy, how he was able to share the ball and uh, really get other guys involved. Alfred Hollins had a nice streak. Jamari Sibley hit some baseline jumpers. Uh, you talk about Zarek Onyema off the bench as a a, a nice energy plug. Sal, where are we going on this? Uh, you know what? I think to start off with uh, with hot hand, I'm going to go with Jarrell. I think this is a guy who was able to nice catch pick. fire early on. Um, or not early on, but he was able to get you know something going early on and then catch fire in the second half. When the Miners uh, were, one, trying to get back into the game and then, two, extend it. And then as far as his defense goes, um, you know, he was able to be in certain spots uh, when it mattered the most, uh, when the game was really, you know, in the balance and the Miners needed not only points, but some stops to extend that lead or, you know, take some time off the clock. So I'm going with Jarrell. Okay, Jarrell Satterfield as our hot hand of the game. You can keep everyone warm, comfortable, and toasty with a new champion furnace from Wind Supply El Paso. Wind Supply El Paso, the official supplier of champion heating and cooling products. And to locate your nearest champion dealer, visit the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com. Sal, where are we going with our player of the game? Uh, player of the game, I think we're gonna go, we're gonna go Satterfield. This is a guy who really <laughs> made his staple, you know, from beginning to the end, uh, impacting the game in, in far more ways than uh, than just his um, shot making and you know being in the right spot on defense, but making the uh, right decisions. I, I think I know what happened. It's all good. It's a hard out. No worries. Hard out. All good. Um, I think it's gonna go to the ESPN macro though. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, can you still hear me, Angel? We're back. We are back. We are back. Shout out to Sal Montes. Technical difficulties. It's it's hectic here in the Lube and Go studios. First, it was uh, we were wrapping things up with Voice of the Miners, John Teicher and Steve Yellen courtside, <laughs> and we had some technical difficulties. Uh, now we had a hard out, and and uh, our automated system did what it was supposed to do. I mean, this is honestly what it's supposed to do: send it off to ESPN. But we're we're staying a little late yeah. here. That's why. That's the only reason why. So you know, Sal uh, has Sal's mentioned that. Almost every time that I'm that I'm here for a basketball game or something, <laughs> something manages to go wrong. Just when, every when I step time. away from the control. <laughs> no, but it's all good. I mean, <laughs> hey, this is the beauty of live radio. This happened when uh, when I covered minor talk against La Tech a couple of oh, years ago. Serious? Yeah, so I was like, oh, I've been here before. I know how to get out of here. <laughs> uh, but shout out to Angel. He, he's always making the right decisions. So good job, man. We good we job, always Angel. trust in you. Thank you. Um, thank you. What were we talking about, man? We were talking about our player of the game, which oh, was Jarrell Satterfield. Satterfield, yeah. This is a guy who was able to be in uh, multiple spots uh, when he needed to be. You know, I, I think when it comes to those hustle and those energy plays, he's starting to sh- uh, show more initiative and be more aggressive. Uh, I-, I think up next for him, in order to take that next step, is uh, make – I don't want to say make better decisions, but make more decisions, if that makes any sense. I mean, we, we've seen him pass up some some stuff just because it might not be open um, as far as the shot goes, but a lane might be there. So, you know, start attacking, be a little bit more aggressive with the ball. But uh, I'm saying all this after he just won both hot hand and player of the game. So he, he deserves both tonight. You deserve both after what you just did. You just literally went in there, fixed our entire system, <laughs> no. came back in, and then reeled off all the reasons why Drill Satterfield's player of the game. Hey, it's worth it. I mean, I don't care about these <laughs> uh, these times that we got a hit for ESPN. I, I don't care about that. I care about Jarrell Satterfield. 
<laughs> that was it. on 600 ESPN. And that is our player of the game. That's brought to you by Keith Southwest, who delivers the best precision metal components for businesses throughout the world, all made here in El Paso. From prototype to manufacturing 50 million pieces, Keith Southwest is a trusted partner worldwide for aerospace, automotive, appliance, electronics, military, medical, and many more companies throughout the world. Learn more about Keith Southwest online today at KeithSSW.com. Uh, turning the page, looking over to the Sunday, we do not have minor talk on Sunday. So uh, we, again, have Westwood One's coverage of the NFL playoffs. So we will be back in action next week as the Miners take on the two Florida teams, first on Thursday against Florida Atlantic, then on Saturday against Florida International. Uh, Sal, any thoughts on this? these next three games for the Miners as they take on UTSA Sunday yeah. and then FAU and FIU? It's going to be tough. Uh, I said it before. I'll say it again. They haven't won there in their last six matchups. It's been, <laughs> yeah, that's not one of the nicest places uh, to play. Matter of fact, both convocation centers, uh, when we look at uh, UTSAs, and then I think Old Dominion may have changed their name uh, recently, but it was also known as the convocation center. Um, but Okay, so we got that one out the way. That's a team who uh, who we know is going to be uh, you know with nothing to lose, so it's going to be tough. And then after that, they'll be going up against FAU, who I believe is the number one team in the East. And then, you know, after that, congratulations. Your prize is a team who held Georgia to, to 58 points and also a reeled off an eight straight win streak, uh, eight game win streak after their first loss of the season. So these teams have uh, tasted some success either this year or against the Miners in, uh, in a very, very uh, gracious way. Yeah, I, I hear you. It's going to be an interesting stretch as the Miners try to reel off some wins under their belt. The Miners are now 10 and 8 overall. They are 3 and 3 in conference play and they take on UTSA Sunday. We'll have countdown to tip off coming up 1.30 Sunday. No minor talk. Uh, again, NFL playoffs instead, but, but we will be back in action uh, later on next week as we get ready for those Florida games. Uh, and uh, that'll pretty much do it for us tonight. For Angel Munoz, for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Broadus saying so long. Thank you so much for listening to Minor Talk brought to you by the Oscar Addy at the Agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.